Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ronaldo puts it on an absolute plate for Solskjaer and Newcastle, I Emery. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, 3rd of November. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Luke Moore. Yes, welcome to the Football Ramble, everybody. Lovely old Wednesday. We're all here to express ourselves, aren't we, Luke? Absolutely. Happy hump day, everyone. Oh, God. That's what that's what all the cool kids say in the offices. Happy no. hump day. When they walk in, they're high-fiving. They're going, happy hump day. I don't think, they're cool. I don't think anyone says cool kids anymore, do they? Don't know. <laughs> don't know. Why do they hump? Certainly not Why? in this room. No, no, no. <laughs> Why are they hump? Why we're, are people and Andy, humping on Wednesday? Kate, Kate we've, you've got me and Andy. We're like Chiellini and, uh, and the other one. What's his name? <laughs> um, combined age of 150. Oh, yeah. That sounds like something Juventus fans would say. Happy hump day. You know, because yeah. they're, they're referred to as the gobby, the hunchbacks. Oh, are they? Because they're hideous and they're lucky. Oh, good. Yeah. See, I'll say random stuff. Andy makes it interesting and, and um, entertaining and educational. It's like yeah. a mainstream Luke and Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, you can't take that mainstream. I, I, I don't want it to go in that direction, yeah, please. You like, you like Manchester United's strike partnership, the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> Aged. Yeah. Right, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Leave Rashford alone. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Atalanta 2, Manchester United 2. Inevitable as it was... It was comforting, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, Manchester United are a bit like CSI Miami. You yeah. know exactly what's going to happen yeah. in exactly what order. Uh, yeah. But it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree but they don't that? put CSI Miami on BT Sport 1, do they? That's on, like, Dave. I think it was 2, wasn't it, or, actually? Or, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying it's not on a mainstream channel, CSI Miami. It's on, like, Yesterday or Alibi. You know, maybe May United <laughs> should be put on that because then people who want to seek out that kind of thing can watch it and the rest of us can get on with our lives yeah I, I, I suppose so it's, I mean it's nice to have it in HD it would be nice to have CSI <laughs> Miami in HD do you think Cristiano would refuse to play if he wasn't in HD yeah he's, he's like if, if it was CSI Miami he'd be like Look, I, I'm the ginger one not you <laughs> I'm not playing on any competition that is broadcasted in standard <laughs> and that is in my contract my, my children call that uh, TV without glasses yeah oh. I, can, I can see why yeah. I can see why um, it was an incredible Yet again, do, do you know what they remind me of, Man United now? They remind me of the Rolling Stones doing Start Me Up. Oh, yeah. 80s. You want to see it, though? If you go, well, to, a, if you go to a Rolling yeah, Stones but, gig, you don't, but, want to, you don't want them playing Somewhere Over the Rainbow or something. Where's that come from? <laughs> so what we've established today is that you've not ever worked a job and you don't know who the Rolling Stones are. <laughs> They can't come on. There is Lord of the Rings reference yesterday. People loved it. You said give the people what they want. There is nothing better than Kate grasping for a popular culture. I'll tell you why. It's excellent. Sit back, lads. I'll tell you why I referenced that. And it's the right cultural era, I think. I went to a Van Morrison gig with my dad a few years ago. And obviously everyone just wants him to play Brown Eyed Girl, I want to say. And he fucking played hours of 
somewhere over the rainbow just to like piss off his audience yeah. as far as I can tell that's, that's his right. thing it's like his thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so he's anyway, a bit of a good shot man was, isn't he but what I was going to say was I've if, explained if, my reference now fair now enough. it's double shit if Fer- <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes you won't help yourself if Fer- <laughs> Fergus and United are like XR Main Street then Solskjaer's um, Man United are like Rolling Stones 80s Rolling Stones start me up when you know when you know yeah, it just became a little bit of a tribute, a little bit of a kind of um, you know a parody Emotional of what rescue. they were about. Yeah, and I, th- yeah. I, th- I think I think that happens time and time again with Man United now. And the thing that gets people's back up, I think, is that Solskjaer seems to really enjoy it. We like, seem to take say, credit for it. There's nothing wrong with this. No, what we're doing here, there's nothing wrong with this. It worked really well 30 years ago. So what's the problem? Oh, it's like, it's, Manchester United actually coming from behind. That's their whole that's thing. That's their brand. So, yeah. so you're you're saying it's a, he's got a really acute case of Stockholm Syndrome, whereas what I would suggest is despite this endless media campaign about what a nice bloke he is yeah. and how that alleges you know any po- possible tactical shortcomings and all the rest of it, I don't really think he is. He's tell, going, us, tell us what you think of him. He's going full, <sighs> St- he's going full Steve Bruce, I think. This, right. These post-match interviews, like yesterday where he was going, well, you know, I, uh, I made the changes and uh, we got the result. It's like, mm. we watched it. Are you joking? <laughs> I think it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. He, he literally Ollie, flung everything Ollie, at it. Very few people just tune in for the post-match interview. You say Most that. of them have watched the game as well. You say that. You might. He might be onto something because obviously, again, in the like Twitter age, it's perfectly possible that people would just see the highlights of his of his post-match uh, but, but, but and the... highlights of the game. It's got goals in. It's got Ronaldo scoring goals. What more do you? It's got David de Gea being nutmegged in his goal. What more do you want? Yeah, and then you're gaslit by a man who's probably not good enough to be in his job and he won't wonderful e- you're gaslit by a man who won't even park in his own allocated parking <laughs> <laughs> apparently he does now oh he's changed that yeah, yeah yeah once he became permanent he's made the change and the result speaks for itself <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, now you've got Stockholm Syndrome it's a shorter walk to the office <laughs> it's always delightful to hear Andy Brassel be mildly rude about someone isn't it Luke I always, I always enjoy that well, he's, he's more than mildly rude um, no it's uh, you you're, I'm, you're after, speaking after, about yourself in the third after, person after every game right. and apparently he's the nicest bloke in the world but what the listeners don't hear is us taking half an hour to egg Andy on to finally convince him to say something negative about someone <laughs> yeah or the little spiky things we put in his chair to like rile <laughs> yeah, him up a bit exactly. um, he said after, also in his post-match he said on Cristiano Ronaldo, who does provide those moments. I'm sure the Chicago Bulls didn't mind having Michael Jordan. What's your take on that? <sighs> Sigh. Mm. But you could make an equivalent combina- uh, comparison between Cristiano and Michael Jordan, though, in terms of their profile and their individual ability and, and what they've done in the sport. I, su- I suppose so. But uh, like, if, if, if you're talking about like the back end of the Bulls dynasty... It was never like this. And they still won stuff. Yeah. This team is not going to end up winning anything. I no, tell you true. what, here's my, th- here's my thinking around this. The idea, according to Malcolm Gladwell, mm. who I'm sure you both have enjoyed, um, and I'm sure like most Football Ramble listeners would have enjoyed at some moment as well, is that football is supposed to be a weak link game and basketball is supposed to be a strong link game, i.e. You, the whole point of why you just have one dude who's incredible mm. is... Partly, of course, on a basic level, there's far fewer players in a basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. But also that you can you kind of move up to your your strongest person. Yeah. With football, you're kind of as good as your weakest link. Okay. And that's, that's interesting. That's the yeah. problem. You know, yes, in the situation of Cristiano Ronaldo, you, you can just buy a 
goal scoring mascot and then he's he's going to deliver this but the point is you're supposed to be boosting up your and it's, your it's interesting isn't it? Isn't rather it, than just it? doing because stuff for ego that is makes, because what I'm saying. The, the, their perceived strongest link or at least their most high profile link has been painted in recent weeks certainly in a UK context as their weakest link you know is having is carrying Ronaldo the thing that's holding back Manchester United I suppose if Solskjaer's plan is to underline that that's not the case, you would set your team up in a way that enables Bruno Fernandes, despite that excellent assist for the first goal, to oh have my God. such an ineffective game. One of his well, he's, most he's, his numbers have games. gone off a cliff since Ronaldo's been there. Yeah, and Paul Pogba, absolutely terrible. Yeah. Harry Maguire, I mean, I think it was an interesting tactic thinking... Well, he might get into trouble if he faces Duvan Zapata. So let's keep him as far away from Duvan Zapata yeah. as as humanly possible. Yeah. And put Eric Bailly, who's hardly played any football. He was terrific, by the way. Manchester United's best player by a very long that way. Incredible block as well. Yeah, a, a series of incredible blocks. Yeah. And it, it was funny after with with everyone obviously mooning over Ronaldo at the end. It might have been missed, but the first thing I saw after full time was. Zapata and Bailly go up to each other and swap shirts as if to say, wow, that was a battle, wasn't Great it? Great battle. Great yeah. battle. But the real battle's going on over there with Cristiano Ronaldo against everyone else. It's yeah. like a secondary battle. I, I would have liked it if, um, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had really mixed up his American sport metaphors and just gone, well, you know, I'm sure the, you know, the New England Patriots in the National Hockey League would have liked Michael Jordan. You know what? You'll get that if Paolo Fonseca comes to the Premier League. Because he'll just mix it up. He, he, he does that when he's under pressure. It's very amusing. But, but on, on, the, on, the, um, on the actual coverage of Ronaldo and the coverage of United, mm. and we saw more of it again last night after the game with Rio Ferdinand, Paul Scholes and Enio Luco, I think, particularly with Rio Ferdinand, um, I, I feel like a large part of the coverage of Solskjaer misses the point. And the point is that Manchester United have had no problems coming second in the Premier League or getting close to winning a trophy. Well, it's the or... biggest job Jose Mourinho ever achieved, so I wouldn't, well, quite, under, exactly. I wouldn't underplay it. <laughs> How could we forget that? How could we forget that? But he has. He's got to finals with United. He's got them to second in the Premier League. The idea is that they need to move on one beyond that, and Solskjaer himself has admitted that. They need to win trophies. May not a team that win trophies. And the argument, and the question is, in a Premier League that you guys covered yesterday and talked about the amount of quality, quality in the managerial roles in the Premier League now, uh, and... With the uh, with the signing, it's coach's league. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. also with the with the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo, does that take them closer or further away from winning a title in terms of the Premier League? Now they're never going to have any problems beating teams that are nowhere near as good as them or getting results against teams who are nowhere near as good as them. Snatching a draw against and the team with the twelfth highest wage budget in Serie A. Exactly. The yeah. point is how much difference is going to be made in the big games, not in the games when Spurs don't try a leg because they're down tools because of their old manager or playing against a, group, a team who aren't anywhere near as well funded as them in the Champions League group stage. It's about the, it's about the, the bleeding edge. It's about the, the, the real key moments. And um, if Ronaldo can't make a contribution in those games against the Liverpool or against the Man City because they're so much more dynamic and so much more well-drilled and so much more energetic, then ultimately he's basically coming here just to bang goals in as a flat-track bully and, and pad his record. And that's fine for him. I've got no problem with that. I personally quite enjoy watching but him But he has play. international football for that. Why does well, he need to... well, that has traditionally been the case, but Man United have very kindly agreed to supplement that, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel bad that we've got to this stage without talking about the top line, which is that Donny van der Beek came on. He did feature. He did take some time 86, off. 86, was it? 86 did, minutes? He took some time also out. Also Jadon Sancho. Yeah if, yeah, if if there were football gods, as many insist, 
I mean, they were in particularly cruel mood. Did you see how long they were stood on the touchline, the two of them? Yeah. And there was definitely a point where one of, or if not both of them, would have thought, I'm not going to get on there. They're not going to give us the fucking ball back. It makes me anxious to see that. They're not going to, they're not going to knock the ball out. It, it gives me serious anxiety to see that. Because yeah. you, you think, uh, if you're going to bring a player on to make a difference and you're going to give him 10, 12 minutes, the ball doesn't go out of play. <laughs> it's a massive difference between 12 minutes and like fucking six minutes. And I also would like to point out that Donny van der Beek took time out of his um, of his new job uh, working on helping Michael Carrick <laughs> on the drills uh, to actually play. I feel sorry for him. I think he's a fantastic talent. And he's it's just been one of those moves where nothing goes right from the start. There's a lot of turbulence. He obviously is a type of player who needs to play his way in. He's not been given the time to do that. And now it's just gone to absolute shit. And I feel like he should hopefully get a move. Although, not to Barcelona because that would be out of the frying pan into the fire. And because Coaches, they don't have any money. Yeah. Coaches do yeah. start younger and younger these days, don't they? That's a really good point, Kate. 24? Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, you know. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been, he's only played in four games in all competitions this season. But, Luke, he's, yeah. he's changed agent to the same as Frankie de that's Jong. What, that's what I was referencing because apparently um, he's, he's moved to the same agent as Frankie de Jong because he wants to, um, he wants to get a move and obviously people are making the connection. You see, so. th- this, this is Ronald Koeman logic. You know, when um, uh, Neymar was saying he wanted to play with Messi again, yeah. he well. I suppose there is the possibility of him coming back here. The whole reason we're talking about it is because you can't afford to keep Messi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We said yesterday about um, Koeman going for his 12 million. I don't know updates about whether how that's going, how that negotiation is I mean, going, I mean, where the pot is still. Well, let's face it, the phone call is not going to be longer than 40 seconds, is it, if Luis Suarez is anything to go by? And on so. one level, it's kind of fair enough that Koeman wants what's owed to him. On another level, it is also very unsavoury. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, because I was totally backing this yesterday. I know you were, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that why you're saying it? Now yeah. We, no, now, no, yeah, yeah. Look me in the eyes, mate. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> if, I, if, if Joanne Laporta had been nicer to him in recent months, I don't he, think he might it's, be, what, might be willing to cut pounds worth of nice. Well, you know, it's about goodwill, isn't it? And it, the way he's been treated in, in, in public has been very poor. Very, very poor indeed. So, yeah, I think he's got every right to dig his heels in. Interesting obviously, insight into Brussels' though, negotiating mind. He knows, he, knows he's, he knows he's not going to get it anyway. It's all notional because, well, how, how are they going to do it? Yeah. Congratulations, Ronald. You now own the car park at the Camp Nou. <laughs> That'd be all right. That's a, that's a great opening offer. I think he's seen enough of the car park at the camp. <laughs> Where's only got the soul shock in the park? Also last night, another English side, Chelsea, uh, 1-0. They beat Malmo away. Hakim Ziyech with a goal in the 56th minute. Glenn Hoddle said he put it on an absolute plate. Joint highest scoring Moroccan in the Champions League now. Good. Do, do you want to have a guess? Who How many he, goals? He How many goals? With? I think it's about seven. Do you want to guess who he shares it with? <sighs> Maran Shamak. Shamak, nice. Oh, nice. That is... Thank he you, didn't think he was going to get a mention on this show today going into it. Always a delight, though, to mention him. And he yeah. keeps writing in as well, yeah. like that other lad. Um, yeah, so how did you find this one? Like, it was dull-ish. Well, oh, it was, it, was, it was dull, but we have to be careful on that front, I think, because we're looking at, we, we mentioned earlier with the idea that Man United and playing against a team like Atalanta and the difference in budget and the difference in wage bill and all the rest of it. And of course, that was a massive point for Man United. You know, I mean, the context mm. of the oh, group. Yeah, yeah. So with Chelsea, it's kind of the same. You can take the angle or take the, take the uh, kind of point of view where you say, well, it's a bit boring. I didn't personally enjoy it. Oh, it doesn't really matter, much. yeah. Yeah, but Malmo were really good. And it, it was, was a huge night for them. Absolutely yeah. huge night for them. And when you arrive at the Malmo Stadium, as you make it to the new one, you walk past the old one. 
where they did all that crazy European Cup wow. stuff in the in the past, of course, when they were the final against yeah, yeah. Nottingham Forest. So you do get that sense of history when you walk up to the stadium. It's one of the most atmospheric grounds in, in, in Scandinavia. And they're in a really intense title race at the moment. So for them to be able to, and I, I gather they, they manage their first team a little bit, with their game at the weekend in mind because there's only like three, four games left in the Ars Frenskan season. Yeah. So for them to be able to put in that sort of effort and make it difficult for Chelsea, I thought it was quite satisfying actually the way that Chelsea had to really chisel it out and okay, uh, yeah. and, and, and stuck at it. I, I, think, they, I, really, I agree they, really, they really did need it because Juventus won as well. I think they? exactly, and that's really important because obviously Juventus have already beaten Chelsea in this group, right? Mm. So, and and I don't know how important it, it depends how it shakes out. Sometimes it could, it could be a massive deal. Some years it is a massive. Sometimes deal, being it? first Finish is really important. First, yeah. But but you're right about the um, the Chelsea side of it because Tuchel would have been absolutely delighted to bring new players on the fringes in and them to, be able to grind out a, a, a kind of result in that fashion. Because if you do that and you go away from home and you score three goals in the first 15 minutes, obviously it's good, but it's not a great test for Loftus-Cheek who came in and was excellent and had to really be excellent. Now that's really satisfying, watching yeah. him be that good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's great. Uh, Hudson-Odoi obviously came out. He sort of warmed into it as well. He warmed up into it, which gives the impression mm. that it's like worthwhile. Yeah. Having, you know, I think he's a great player. Because Mason Mount, uh, Lukaku, Werner... And Kovacic all out mm. for that one, and it and like you said, it's maybe it's enforced in a way, but it also for for Tuchel, this is a, a great opportunity. It was also it was also a great goal. The way they carved them open was fantastic, and and really you can see the difference in um in the way Chelsea played, the patterns of play that they that you can observe, and the way they stick to their task, and the way they're drilled. I've said this a few times over the last couple of weeks. You watch Chelsea the same way you watch some other teams in the Premier League and you think, right, I know what they're trying to do here. And that's why top managers always talk about performances rather than results, right? Mm. This is what we're working on. This is how we want to play. This is how it works. You you, you watch Chelsea because of the way the games were scheduled yesterday and then you watch Man United. And it's mm. night and day. I mean, regardless yeah. of the results, it's night and day, really. This yeah. was also maybe another symptom of the big difference between the two clubs was the fact that afterwards Tuchel said that he gave all the credit to his assistant Arno Michels and said mm. you know he suggested the tactical change that led to the goal and like named him and all that sort of and stuff and he won't be having that Kate he thinks Tuchel's the bogeyman he's not, you're not going to get any credit oh yeah that. shit I forgot Yeah. how many minutes is it till he's going to explode according to my Thomas Tuchel advent calendar <laughs> yeah how long uh, have we got I, I think we have eight months about eight months left so yeah. enough for, another, for a Premier League title alright I I would hope the blowout would happen on the home straight. That, that would make the Premier League very exciting. This is like it? I'm very confused here because over there, Mummy's telling me that Tuchel's a great guy, and Daddy's telling me he's the worst thing ever. So what? Do, who do I believe? Can M- I, can Mummy I and Daddy say... need to go off and have a chat. <laughs> yeah. um, well, stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't debate this in front of the kids, <laughs> do we, Brass? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that in the break. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. I love how uh, we will we will absolutely bang the drum for what is a hundred percent a visual meme and just play the soundtrack for it on an audio podcast. Your, your life's not complete if you don't know what that People's is. People's got to look it up. People have got yeah. to look it up. And we'll share you, it on social media. And you're painting pictures in your brain, so that's that's what I'm worried about. Okay, <laughs> it's Wednesday, everybody. We're here, and it's time for pet talks. We are so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy. Sit down! Nobody talk! Sit down! Please! Drink wine and relax! I've just realised that um, i that's what I'm like in the pre-production meeting, isn't it? Sit down! <laughs> Nobody talk! <laughs> Uh, but with none of the results that Pep gets, so that's a shame. Um, but it is time for Pep Talks. That's the greatest jingle in podcasting, first and foremost. Um, so we're always happy to play that. Secondly, um, keep them coming in. We've, we've got some interesting pep talks, but we want some more interesting ones. We're going to read this one from Ed today, but we want more in the coming weeks because we do it every Wednesday. Ed says, hi, guys. I work in a pretty nondescript office environment. In fact, there's an office like mine in every town in the land. It's proper boring stuff. My colleagues are pretty dull as well, <laughs> apart from one guy in accounts. Did who you give always... his surname out? Yeah, that's where right. he's from. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I didn't say where he's from. I didn't say where he's from. Could be from anywhere. Um, you know, and also, you know, Peterborough's a big place. Um, no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Uh, I, I made that up. Um, where I'm from. Um, I know it is. That's why I said it. Oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ed also says, my colleagues are pretty dull as well, apart from one guy in accounts who always smirks at me when I see him because he opened a can of tuna with his toe once and thinks he therefore sits above me in the office hierarchy. I don't even what? know what that he... means. What? Yeah. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. It's opening weird. a can of tuna with your toe? You shouldn't even I'm do that I'm assuming it's a ring pull. Rather than somehow. Smelly food in the office, he's a big faux pas. Why are you doing that in an office environment? I know, exactly. Anyway, said Ed, 
My manager has introduced a stupid rule where we're supposed to shake hands with everyone when we arrive in a meeting room, even if we're colleagues who have interacted earlier in the day, and sometimes if we've walked there from the same part of the office together. Something about improving respect and morale is absolutely bizarre. However, like Diego Simeone, I absolutely hate these handshakes. Any advice on how I can get out of them or at least provide an alternative to this mind-numbing tribute to just how dull my work life is? Cheers all, Ed. Well, Kate and I were talking about the Diego Simeone thing before we came on air, and I still think it's underappreciated. Maybe people don't believe Diego Simeone who don't regularly watch Atletico games. He's done that thing of running off into the tunnel the minute the whistle has gone for ages. No one gets a handshake off him. I suggest, Ed, you run straight back to your workstation to show your commitment to the cause. But it's before the meeting, Andy, I think. Not after. Yeah, so he it's can't. Very difficult like, to get out of it. So, say, say you're ahead of the game. Yeah, true. I, I, I well, he's already solved the problem. I, th- I think meeting. Personally, yeah. I would obviously go with the NBA angle. I'd go for a, a, a chest bump. <laughs> I, I, I think that's, that's what, with everyone yeah. in a meeting room. Yeah, that sounds I, way worse. Not, people, COVID as well. You can't people I'm people would get tired of that way quicker, and then the rule would be retracted. In, you know, in COVID, I tried to go for curtsies. I wonder if yeah. he could. Yeah. I wonder if he could do that or lick lick his hand. Then you, people won't want to. You can't be. You don't can't be licking. You can't say COVID and then lick your hand. I didn't lick it. I, I know you didn't mind. do it, but you said it. People are listening. They're not looking at you. Um, I also remember the curtsy phase you went through, and at the time, I thought you couldn't get more odd, and I was wrong. I was wrong about that. I think I think you need to take it to the next level to an area where the manager thinks this is a terrible idea. You know that thing in um. Friends, where that office manager like slapped everyone on the bum yes. as 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 they I left. I don't really. I'm not familiar with. I it, mean, really. that's 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 so inappropriate that straight away it would get taken off the table. I the serious answer for me would be do what I used to do when I had a proper job, which is think in your mind: if I don't do this, is there a chance I'm going to lose my job? Yeah. And if the answer is no, just don't do it. And he's not going to get fired for refusing to handshake people. He might get fired for slapping people on the bum. I mean, you, that's, you've that's, suggested that he's what, not saying he's going to do that. That's what happened to Andre villas Bosch, isn't it? Because he, he kept slapping Fernando <laughs> Torres on the bum when he'd bring him on a sub and he was clearly very uncomfortable. About it. <laughs> so he had to drive to Dakar because of that. <laughs> <laughs> no one seems to with Pep, does it? All right, that's that's your lot, Ed. Um, if you've got any more, as Luke says, keep them coming in. If you've got any more questions for us, however bizarre, we will get to them every Wednesday. It's show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Now then, we're on to the managerial move section of the podcast, which I think we should just keep running and talk about how great life is going to be under Antonio Conte. It will be for Spurs. you. It won't be for the players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to, they can need I, to can work. I just, can I just say that there are, I think we're at the next stage of Antonio Conte misconceptions here. Ah. The, the first one, when he was being linked with... Manchester United, and what a long time ago that seems. Seems, now, yeah, exactly. Um, is that he's he's a defensive coach? He's not a defensive coach. He's Mourinho. He's not Mourinho. He's still relevant at the top level. Mm. And now we've got onto well, it's it's just a, a, a brutal regime of terror, and you can either <laughs> like shape up or ship out. To be fair, it's, he did not... say he'd rather kill a player than them be. I prefer to kill him. <laughs> uh, my my favorite. This is fun when Ranieri says it. It's all about the delivery, isn't Mate, it? I'm not criticising it, Kate. I was not. I'm fine. I, I was just adding a counterpoint. If you, if I, you, I, I, st- yeah. I still, I still think the the best Antonio Conte quote is the the, the one that Nicky Bandini has touched on on OTC before when um, they won the league in his first season, unbeaten. Remember Juventus having um, finished seventh the previous season, and before the final game. 
uh, Gigi Buffon approached him and said um, <laughs> the, the players were hoping to talk about bonuses. And every time you, you open your mouth, you're a disappointment to me. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's that's fantastic. But I think it's really important to say about Conte, it's not all stick. There is some carrot as well. You look at the development of Romelu Lukaku, it's not just the fact that he worked with Conte's dietitians. It was the fact that Conte showed him he was really wanted mm. and showed him a bit of love. And players need that. Now, yeah. of course, someone like Julian Nagelsmann might talk about that in more of a modern management speak kind of way and Conte might have this more brusque exterior but but Nagelsmann looks feel... like the regional manager and Conte looks like the CEO yeah that's that, that, yeah. that, that's true yeah. of I'm a sure company Na- that sells very poisonous products <laughs> I'm sure Nagelsmann could afford those hair plugs too um, I think the stick probably is that yesterday was an honourable honourable day in Spurs history marking 5,000 days since we last won a trophy 5,000 days <laughs> That's a lot of days, whichever way you slice it, isn't it? That is a lot of days. Can I, can I pick up on, on the, the Conte points that Andy's making and just say that um, broadly I agree. Um, and, you know, if you take it back to 16-17 when they, Chelsea were excellent on the Conte and they won the league, I remember them rolling into town, like w- bagging goals in. You know, they, they, you know, I've got the results here in front of me. You know, 5-0 win over Everton, 3-0 win at Goodison Park over Everton. Inter scored you know, an astonishing amount of goals under him. A couple of 3-0 wins yeah. against Leicester, yeah. you know. Beat Man, did the double over Man City, you know, beat Southampton 4 2 and 2 0. Always lovely to see. You know, you, you, there's lots of things here that suggest that they scored a lot of goals and played some entertaining, attractive football. Also, working in their favour or working in his favour on that front is the fact that he's very inclusive. He, he, he's capable with a massive backroom team, by the way, one of the biggest you'll ever find from what I've heard. Um, he will include everyone in it. He's not like a Mourinho in that if you're either in or you're out, people. as you guys said yesterday. Yeah, yeah he, also, but, he also doesn't humiliate players who he's not interested in working with anymore. A novel concept. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just... But can I also just add, though, something that, sh- that should temper this is I think there's an element that some people are misunderstanding what's being said, Riconte, because what we've witnessed from those Spurs players last weekend and occasionally before that as well, in my opinion, is them not failing, sorry, them not getting anywhere near and failing to reach even the minimum standard of what is expected of them. And it remains a fact that a manager of the profile of Antonio Conte and of the talent and of the experience will not accept that. And he has the the experience and the reputation to back that up. So what I meant when I said earlier this week that Harry Kane can behave like that, like he did against Man United under Conte, but he'll be doing it on the bench. Yeah. It's because Conte won't accept it, whoever he is. Absolutely. That was the, ki- that was the reference I was making to killing when he said he'd rather, ki- wasn't it? I'd rather kill a player than have him be disinterested. Yeah. That. Mm. And I think he was being metaphorical as I well. Think I think I'm not, I'm not allying myself <laughs> with murderers or whatever, but I was, I was saying, I like the sentiment. Luke, how do you think the relationship with Levy and Conte will go? I mean, this really interests me because um, there's been this talk that, um, Conte's watched all or nothing to get up to speed with what it's what it's really like at Spurs and all this sort of stuff. Uh, for me, the major take, I don't, I don't know what it, what it was like for you, Kate, but for me, the major take home of that was that Levy's got this hard-nosed, no-nonsense, bottom line of the balance sheet sort of reputation. He was eating out of Mourinho's hand for most of that. He's got a bit of that about him, I think. And I think it's a bit tragic. Conte's very different, but he, he does have that undeniable like, star quality, doesn't he? I think he's got a massive element, and I said this before, of he's in hock and in awe 
of the big movers and shakers in football because he's such a big Spurs fan. You could mm. see it written all over his face in these meetings with Mourinho. I was surprised a man of his experience, of his means, of his position, was actually allowing that, stuff, was allowing that stuff to go out. It was, it was, it was like Morrissey bringing questions, a written list of questions around Alan Bennett's house, wasn't it? But, very very niche, but yeah, I do understand yeah. what you mean. But with Conte... I'm one of the few people that does understand what I you don't, mean. I don't, I don't see that as being necessarily a problem if we want him to buy into... No, but, but what it speaks to, though, Kate, is it as speaks to... As long as we don't the club, it speaks to the idea that Levy basically he essentially moves between I'll get a sporting director and then I'll not give him what he wants and all I'll undermine him or I'll, you know what I'm fed up with that now I'm just going to do it myself and I can't and there's never an in between but this so, could be the moment could be yeah, yeah. It, it, could, it could be but you supported Spurs for a while so I don't think it's the first yeah, time you said yeah that's why I was that. re- well, it does feel like more of a moment, doesn't it? It, it does because from the, you guys from the outside, it's, it's and also I'm, that's why I'm resting my head against the microphone in terror because, like, <laughs> yeah. really, like I was yesterday, really, that you know the excuses are done now. Yeah, like, this is it. We've got a world class, as we said yesterday. We've got a world class stadium. We've got a world class manager. We've got potentially some world class players. World class facilities to, as well. We need by to the way. train and stuff and start respecting the people that they work for, yeah. please, gentlemen. Uh, mm. um, and yeah, yeah, but it, it's it's a huge win for Spurs fans who are not keen on the way Levy is running the club because it's him giving the power to Paratici. Yes. That's, and I didn't even that, 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 exactly. that's, that's it really, isn't it? I mean, and, and he kind of owes him now because he's, he's got him a coach that Spurs never would have got otherwise. So they have to leave it with those guys to run the club. Tottenham will run totally differently. Wow. The, the statement said, last summer our union did not happen because the end of my relationship with Inter was still too recent and emotionally too involved with the end of the season. So I felt it wasn't the right time to return to coaching. That's an a interesting little, a Google translation. Move, of, I it? wanted to see how Fabio would get on for a couple of months. Well, and also, I mean, I can translate it if you like. Uh, Man United stopped returning my calls. <laughs> so I decided that London would be nice. I've been lived there before and it was good. Um... I'll take the second prize. I'll take the red box with the hundred thousand pounds in it instead of the quarter of a million, please, Noel. This is That's dif- what he's saying. <laughs> this is difficult for my pride. So let us all move. Let us all move on. Arsenal should cheer you up. Yeah. Uh, what? No, we're not doing Arsenal. We? No, we're not. We're going to do a tiny bit on Newcastle, the Newcastle job, because I I know these things are moving fast, and this is not live, as you may have come to realise, podcast fans. Mm. Um, but Unai Emery seems to be the lead at the moment. <laughs> seems to be the leading candidate for the Newcastle job. Balagay says he, he's likely to turn it down and uh, before, I presume he was asked about it before the game last night and said oh I don't know nothing about it but mm. I would I, I would speak to the Villarreal chairman if I was approached mm. so, so to me it's interesting that Balaguer is saying that Emery's going to say no um, and I'm sure Andy will have a much better take on that than I will but my concern for Newcastle well listen the concern I'm going to bring to attention for this show specifically about the castle <laughs> because there's quite a few and there is a runtime we have to stick to, is that they? it feels to me like they're behaving, the new ownership are acting in a way that suggests they don't really know much about how football works. Well, they, they, they don't. Well, they've, what, they've, yeah, got, they've, would, got, they've got no football brains upstairs. They make... Allow me, allow oh. me to make my point. I've generously started my point by saying, I'm sure you're going to have a great point to make. <laughs> Let me make mine, which you've already half made. Which Sorry, is... I should respect you more by listening to your point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this is so enjoyable. Um, it's just that exactly what Andy's alluded to there, joking aside, is the idea that surely you want to build from the top down. So you want to go, someone like Emery, I presume, is used to working under a sporting director. Yep. And it needs to be a sporting director of some experience to show they mean business. If you're Emery, you're already independently wealthy. There's, there's, there's a Monchi you, swear box, by the way. Yeah, fine. So don't even go there. No, but he's, 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 he's operated. He's a 50-year-old manager. He's operated for a long time. He's won a lot of stuff at some big clubs. 
he's going to want to work in an infrastructure that actually exists rather than worry about how many zeros are going to be on his paycheck because he's going to get paid well anyway. And if they're going to go after Emery in this fashion or a manager of his type in this fashion, they might fall short because the structure's not there. So to me, it feels weird that they're trying to hire a manager first when they've got half the... Um, Backroom staff from Steve Bruce. I think Lee Charnley's still doing the stuff yeah, for the negotiation, yeah. which also sends a weird message out. And it's not surprising if it does come to pass, which I suspect it will, if Emery says no. And they'll end up with someone like Eddie Howe. Um, no disrespect to Eddie, who's a brilliant manager. They're very different profiles of coach, aren't and, they? And that's very that, different. That was going to be my final point. It happened at Palace if you're, when they were hiring someone. Yeah, if, you're at Tottenham. if your last two choices are both completely different, you probably need to think about how you're approaching it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, and I guess the the thing that recommends Emery is he works well with below elite level clubs. He won the he won the Europa League with Villarreal, who many people thought shouldn't be getting out of the group stage necessarily. Yeah, that, Europa League specialist. That's right. I mean, I, I think the interesting thing is that well, a Newcastle aren't going to be in a Euro- European context for a, for a while yet, at least, and not uh, during the season anyway. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> two the the um, the the league campaigns, both the, the the last league campaign at Sevilla and the back end of the one at Villarreal were completely written off. While he like concentrated on on that, his teams are, are very difficult to beat. But they need to actually go and win some games. They need to get enough points between now and January yeah. so them and Norwich are not totally cut away. That is the short-term issue they have. And, yeah. and they need to think about that when they're looking forward into the, the medium term as well. One man who doesn't seem to feel like Emery would be the right decision is our man from on the continent, David Cutledge. He's going to be on tomorrow, so I don't know if we'll be getting more on this subject. But he says, uh, people at Villarreal should put the lottery on this week because they're clearly in luck. Six million euros compensation for a guy they'd probably be sacking in a week or so anyway. <laughs> My advice to Newcastle, bring in Dan Juma with Emery because he's the only thing that's kept Villarreal out of the relegation places. That's David, always sitting on the fence. <laughs> they have started poorly domestically, haven't they? I mean, they've been really poor in the league this season, yeah, Villarreal. Yeah, they have. I would suggest that there's quite a small margin of wriggle room with Unai Emery's teams because they are quite... Um, they are quite methodical, they are quite tight, they are quite circumspect. So if you look at Villarreal last season, before they get really stuck into the Europa League and the results go out the window in, in, in domestically, they only lost once before Christmas in Europe and La Liga combined, which is mm. incredible. But there are a lot of draws in there. Similarly, this season, there are a lot of draws in there. And I would suggest... Newcastle need wins, right? A, a, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a, a huge thing. And if you look... Look, part of the reason that Villarreal is struggling at the at the moment, certainly domestically, no Gerard Moreno, who's the chief animator mm. of the attack. Now, is that his official title, by the way? Because that's excellent. Has he got on this business card? Chief <laughs> animator of the attack. Well, I believe I've been calling what... them strikers up until now. I've been wasting my time. That's what Alanson Maximan definitely <laughs> yeah, has on his yeah, business yeah, card. Yeah. Although I would suggest he's not quite in the same category as Gerard Moreno. I know mm. there's, there'll be some Toon fans who disagree with me. That, that, that's not correct. He's really not in the same category. But, but just, to, just, to, just to sum up very, very briefly, if I may, look, structurally, they've got to get it right and they have to make the appointment in the right way because if they don't, the new owners of Newcastle United, they are going to end up in the championship and it's going to set them back years in what they want to achieve. You know, all that stuff, you know, is unsavory anyway for those different reasons. But in terms of the actual football, if they get relegated this season, it sets them back 
God knows how many years. So it's actually the most important thing they got to do to get right start first and foremost. Oh, I do agree with that, but all I can think about at the moment is you uh, googling for your new card, Chief Animator of the Ramble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think even any. I don't think you guys would give me that. On a, I don't think our listeners would either, and that's fair enough. Well, that's why business cards are free. <laughs> yeah, true. Supposedly Graham James has said they got to make has been pushing and saying like they've got to make a decision to the new ownership. So he's the he's I the love impetus. It. Graham Jones is in there doing it, and he's saying it's a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my best, but everything's you on need fire. To make it's, like, a decision. it's like I'm busy yeah. next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. You've got to sort yeah. something out. So yeah. yeah, I don't know if that could kick onto the wrong decision as as you They've alluded to. They've got to get it right. Massive, massive time for them. Paolo Fonseca and and Eddie Howe, the other two big names in there. Now, sadly, guys, we weren't able to devote running orders being as they are. We weren't able to devote the entire show to Neil Warnock's. 1600th and second game in charge, Luke, which I'm sure for all Ramble fans will be a real disappointment. It's an, Eng- it's an English record, right? It's an English record. Yeah. And um, the Warnock compromise is that he gets a paragraph at the end of the running order because of your lobbying. Um, <laughs> lesson to all the politicians out there currently doing the uh, the environmental thing. You know, we can get Warnock in the running order. Just a paragraph. Everyone's happy. Perhaps there's hope for them as well. But joking aside, I mean, look, it's an incredible it's achievement, amazing. guys. It's, it's, it's amazing. I think he's. I think it's the most games managed in England by a manager ever. Yeah. I mean, so and he's done that. Relatively speaking, of course, not at the very top end of football, but certainly nowhere near the bottom end. He's done very well, and he's got an amazing amount of promotions on his record as well. And he's a character, so good for him. That's what I say. Sadly, his game was a, it was a loss. 3-1 to yeah, Luton. That's strangely at fitting. At Luton. A disappointing 1-0 away at Luton. Oh, that was at home alone. No, it was, it was at Luton. It yeah. was 3-1. They went 1-0 yeah. up oh. after 15 minutes. Oh, I thought it was 1-0, sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, hope, I hope he got an easy jet off to somewhere nice afterwards to celebrate. Well, have, well he not, might not. Not just home to Cornwall. He might not want to, because <laughs> yeah. he says, places like QPR, like this, I love the atmosphere. Like that. I think Luton fans respect me. They've always given me stick here, and I'll always give it back if I can. There's not enough good humour in football. Amen. Yeah. Stick and a signed photo. That's what it's all about. From the bum bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should get a you should get like a commemorative bum bag. They should. Be, if they're not selling bum bags in the club shop. They should be. What are you thinking? A bit of LV. Big time. Big time. <laughs> I Absolutely. Can see Alan Samaks out with one of those. <laughs> Tonight, plenty more Champions League football for you. Liverpool go up against Atletico. Huge game, that one. And then City play Club Brugge. And a reminder as well, more delicious football content for you. We've got a brand new women's football podcast available to listen to right now. It is called Upfront and it's available on Football Ramble Presents every Tuesday. Join Flo, Lloyd Hughes, Rachel O'Sullivan and Chloe Morgan for the first episode. They talked about what's going wrong at Man City, more magic from Beth Mead and who Serena Weigman should pick for the England captaincy. Get involved now on Football Ramble Presents. That's it. We're out. Thanks very much for having me, you two. With our bum bags. It's been great to be here. smiles. What? And our happy days with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer are here again. I've got um, Unai Emery being uh, appointed Newcastle United's new manager at 11.06 in the sweepstakes. So we'll see how we get on. Look forward to seeing it, guys. <laughs> yeah. There'll be plenty more to come tomorrow. It's me. I'm back again, people. Get happy. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you are as well. Yeah, you're chief animator tomorrow, though. Thank you. Well, Pete Donaldson will also be on the show. I, so. think, I think Pete's chief animator. I'm absolutely <laughs> clear about that. I'm not sure. The how. man rarely does not animate. I'm not sure how true that will be. You're yeah. absolutely right, Luke. Say goodbye, chief animator. See you later. Say goodbye, Andy Brass. Oh, damn, you need a title too. Tora, I'll think about it. I'll, set, I'll settle for the LV bum bag. Right, yeah. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. 
Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Abroad in Japan is the Stack podcast that brings you a taste of life in Japan. Recently, Chris Broad was joined by NHK contributor and legendary video game streamer Pete for a chat about his life as a TEFL teacher. I one time taught a woman who was still pregnant, and I had to teach her stomach. What? Yes, and so. Wait, wait, what? She came in seven months pregnant, <laughs> and, and they're like, "No, she wants you to just to talk to her stomach." <laughs> so I was sitting there giving instruction, very specifically. No. She held her tummy, and she said, "I think he's getting it." And I thought, "Oh, oh dear God." Just bizarre. Search Abroad in Japan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. New episodes every Wednesday and Sunday.